Should we as Americans care about what happens in Ukraine? Where? You know, that's kind of what I thought you'd say. Where indeed? Let's start with what appear to be some ground truths to me. Number one, most Americans couldn't find Ukraine with a map in both hands. Number two, even fewer average Americans, other than maybe some World War II history buffs, know much about its history or its strategic importance to Russia or to Western Europe. Number three, Ukraine is of great strategic importance to Russia. Number four, most average Americans spend a whole lot more time thinking about the price gasoline, uh, maybe finding the COVID test site, or whether their kids are going to be in school tomorrow, than the current crisis boiling in Eastern Europe. Now, this is borne out by the fact that while Russia is massing more than 100,000 troops and hundreds of tanks on the Ukrainian border, CBS Evening News, NBC Evening News, and even the usually diligent PBS NewsHour didn't spend one second covering the story on the evening of January 16th, 2022. All right, I'm going to give you 10 seconds of history. I know, I know, history's boring, at least to most of us. But like the man said, if you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you are. Ukraine and Russia have been intertwined for centuries. Ukraine has been part of the Russian Empire for more years than it's been a state. Nikita Khrushchev, who was the long-serving Soviet Union prime minister, was even Ukrainian by birth. Now, I'm not going to bore you with centuries of divisions, partitions, and invasions, but suffice it to say that Ukraine has long been a buffer between other European powers and Russia. And as a buffer, has been buffeted by the vagaries of war between the parties. Ukraine served as the route through which Napoleon and later Hitler invaded Russia. I give you this very abbreviated history lecture so that you can begin to understand Russia and thereby Putin's views on Ukraine. Now, I don't pretend to be an expert on Ukraine or Russia, but I've had some muddy boots on the ground in Ukraine and Eastern Europe. I served on a NATO exercise in Ukraine, commanding the exercise observer controllers. Now, that's uh, referees, umpires, the zebras, for those of you not familiar with military speak. I was in a 22-nation war game, and I later attended the U.S.-Russia Relations Executive Seminar at Harvard University with a dozen or so other U.S. generals and senior intelligence folks and a like number of Russian senior military members. I also spent 35 years in the military considering the lessons of past wars and the mistakes that led to them. Oh, yeah, and then I had a two-year stint on the House Armed Services Committee. So while it's unlikely that the folks in Foggy Bottom, that's the State Department, or at Harvard would consider me any kind of expert, for a good old boy sitting on the porch watching the Mississippi River flow by, I reckon my two cents is worth just about that. Here's what I'd do if I were Putin. First of all, we must understand Putin's point of view. Now, Putin believes that the collapse of the Soviet Union was an unmitigated disaster. 
That's kind of directly opposite of what we here in the West and the United States think. But that's his view. He sees Mother Russia surrounded by mortal enemies who want to keep Russia down. Now, you say that's silly. America or Great Britain or Germany or NATO isn't going to attack Russia. Well, that's our view. Let's take a look at it from Putin's view. Now, since that's hard for us to do, let's say that instead of the USSR collapsing, the USA collapsed. Instead of the Warsaw Pact dissolving, NATO dissolved. Texas is now an independent nation. Mexico has joined the Warsaw Pact. Mexico buys its weapons from the USSR. It houses Soviet troops in military training exercises. And now Texas, Texas, is making noises about joining the Warsaw Pact. And it's even hosted small delegations of Soviet troops on training missions. Now, in this scenario, Mexico is essentially Poland today. And just as Mexico and the U.S. fought a war, Poland and Russia have fought multiple wars over centuries. Texas represents Ukraine. Ukraine was part of the Russian Empire and the USSR for far longer than Texas has been part of the U.S. The eastern half of Ukraine speaks Russian. For much of the 20th century, it was illegal to speak Ukrainian or publish books in Ukrainian. Stalin and Russian policies led to the death of millions of Ukrainians in the 1930s due to starvation. Keeping that history in mind, Putin would like to keep Ukraine subservient, if not part of Russia, for the simple reason that Ukraine, as part of NATO, armed and equipped by NATO, would be a danger to Russia, or at least clearly a threat. So just as Hitler used the German-speaking citizens of the Sudetenland as a pretext to dismember Czechoslovakia in 1938, Putin has taken Crimea, that's part of Ukraine, and is waging low-level war in two Russian-speaking eastern Ukrainian provinces bordering Russia. Now, let's take a look at geography. I know, I know, geography is even more boring than history, but you got to understand geography in order to understand strategy and in order to understand the military. So let's take a little bit of a geography tour here. Ukraine is bordered to the east and the north by Russia and Belarus. Uh, Belarus is essentially a Russian protectorate at this point. So two-thirds of Ukraine's borders are shared with Russia and Belarus. There are at least 100,000 Russian troops sitting on Ukraine's north and east. Most of them recently moved there. Ukraine is simply outgunned and outmanned by Russia. The Russian military is three times larger than the Ukrainian, while Russia's tanks outnumber Ukrainian tanks 10 to 1. Russia could conquer Ukraine within a matter of weeks, although likely not without significant military losses. And, of course, then there's the threat of economic sanctions from NATO countries. Again, now remember, here's what I'm thinking is Putin. Would the U.S. or NATO militarily intervene? Not a chance. First, for NATO or European nations to intervene, the U.S. would have to be willing to intervene. After 20 years of Afghanistan, Iraq, 
and all the other military actions in remote locations, there's little political will nor public support for U.S. intervention in yet another war. Putin knows that. Few Americans could find Ukraine on a map, and fewer still could identify a reason why they should care about whether it's part of Russia or an independent nation. Putin knows that. Politically, Putin would want to see a lightning-quick conquest. It wouldn't be wise for him to get bogged down in a long, drawn-out conflict, like the USSR's war in Afghanistan, which, much like the U.S. conflict in Vietnam, created a lot of discontent at home, as well as economic strain. Putin, like all Russian leaders, wants subservient states surrounding Russia and then neutral states buffering that Russian sphere of influence from the West. Based on that assumption, he doesn't need to conquer all of Ukraine. He could simply split Ukraine roughly in half, north to south, seizing the Russian-speaking east and setting up a vassal state there to be incorporated into Russia, much like they did with Crimea. The western half could remain a nominally independent but neutral state, providing space between NATO member Poland and Russian-controlled eastern Ukraine. And if I were drafting that peace treaty for Putin, the peace treaty with Western Ukraine would require that Ukraine not join NATO, nor host NATO troops, nor exercises, and it would maintain close economic ties with Russia. A quick victory would allow him to proclaim he's returning Russia to grandeur and protecting the motherland from the arrogant encroachment of the West it would secure his western flank while allowing him to deal with the rest of Islamic forces on Russia's southern borderlands. Were Putin to desire to further humiliate the West, and particularly the U.S., he might well encourage both China and North Korea to belligerency in the Pacific. He'd suggest that while there would be no alliance they would act in concert with North Korea invading South Korea while China invades Taiwan. Now, while this risks worldwide war, with even the possibility of nuclear war, Putin's calculation might well be that the distraction to the U.S. is worth the risk. He'd further calculate that none of the three conflicts is a direct attack on the U.S., Oh, of course, a Korean attack would be a direct attack on a U.S. ally with U.S. forces in the line of fire. His calculus would be that there is no stomach in the U.S. for a nuclear attack to defend Ukraine, Taiwan, or even Korea. Further, U.S. forces would be spread so thin by three simultaneous or nearly simultaneous military crises that they could not effectively respond to all three and would, in all likelihood, focus on Korea, as the U.S. does have 28,500 military members stationed there, many of them with accompanying family members. Now, does Putin need China and North Korea to act in order to evade Ukraine? No. Logistically, the United States and NATO are at such a disadvantage, they wouldn't be capable of mounting an immediate response to a Russian invasion of Ukraine, even if they wanted to do so. Nor does the U.S. perceive a vital 
national interest in Ukraine. Much like Great Britain in 1938, the U.S. response would be non-existent, other than words. Now, were China to invade Taiwan? North Korea would almost certainly attack South Korea. With the U.S. distracted by Taiwan, the North Koreans would believe the time ripe. The big question is, what would China do? Likely, China would properly see that the U.S. has little interest in Ukraine. But a Russian attack there would cause disarray among the NATO allies. With U.S.-NATO allies focused on Ukraine, the U.S. would not be able to enlist cooperation from European allies in response to a Chinese attack on Taiwan. Since the U.S. has no military presence on Taiwan, a Chinese attack there would not be a direct attack on the U.S. Additionally, virtually all major U.S. corporations have significant business interests in China. Those major corporations would likely seek to deter a military response by the U.S. to a Chinese attack on Taiwan. In light of those factors, a U.S. nuclear response to a Chinese attack on Taiwan, particularly considering Japanese sensitivities to nuclear weapons, is unlikely. Does the converse hold true? That is, if North Korea were to attack South Korea, would China attack Taiwan? Or I, Xi Jinping? The answer is, probably. The question is, would China act immediately, thus forcing the U.S. to decide between defending South Korea and the U.S. forces stationed there, or defending Taiwan? Or does China wait until the U.S. is fully engaged in Korea, thus weakening its ability to respond to an attack on Taiwan before attacking. U.S. public sentiment would likely be opposed to intervention in Ukraine and only slightly less opposed to defending Taiwan. How would U.S. opinion respond to an attack on South Korea with its multiple U.S. bases and 28,500 U.S. service members? Would it be viewed as another Pearl Harbor or another 9-11, thus raising the ire of the sleeping giant? If it were to happen, would U.S. focus remain on Korea, or as happened with Iraq, the focus move elsewhere? Would the policymakers put 90% of the effort into one theater, as was done during World War II, with the goal of defeating Nazi Germany first? Would we divide our efforts? Or not even engage, deciding there is no vital U.S. interest involved in Ukraine, Taiwan, or even Korea. Will Xi view this as a golden opportunity, too good to pass up? Or will he view it as a risk too great to take? My bet, golden opportunity. By retaking Taiwan, China would clearly become the dominant power in the region, a goal long held by Xi. That's a mighty long string of dominoes from Ukraine to Korea to Taiwan. But remember World War II or World War I or the Napoleonic Wars. Stranger things have happened. Is Putin bluffing? Maybe. But he's got a pair of aces showing. This has been Bill Enyart with Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billenyart.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. Thanks for listening.